Hey everybody, just want to do a quick heads up. Um, I'm still having some ear slash wisdom tooth problems. So again, I apologize if the volume is kind of all over the place. Also, we have a new, uh, very loud, very rambunctious kitten. So he may pop in and out in the background of this audio. Also, I may pause for several moments just to talk to him because he, he's very clingy. And he must be touching someone always, except for right now because he's playing with his sister. But I'm just letting you know in case you hear just like random cat chirping in the background. It's probably him just like zooming up and down the hallway. He's been asleep for the last like two hours. So he's about to be up and be running. So I'm just letting you know ahead of time. There might be some wonky stuff kind of happening all over the place with this volume, both in cat sounds in the background and also just me being abnormally loud because I can't hear out of one ear. So just letting you know before we get started and here we go. Good morning or afternoon or whenever it is to all of you listeners and lovers of cartoons. We all know Saturday morning is the best time to watch cartoons, but it's not the only time. So no matter where you are or what day it is, welcome to Kelby's Cartoon Corner, the show where we discuss all the best cartoons, from 90s Nicktoons to current animation. And by we, I mean me, Kelby, alone in my living room while my roommate is either asleep or out of the house, because she's not into cartoons the same way I am. This is the part where I would play the theme song for this show if I could, but I can't because of copyright reasons. Even just the beginning of it, it's so catchy, that like little, like bass beat. I love it so much. Uh, this week we're talking about Danny Phantom, a show that was on Nickelodeon that aired beginning in 2004. It went on for three seasons, and while I personally think that season three ended really well, I know a lot of people wanted a season four. I wouldn't complain if we got a season four, but I think in three seasons we got a pretty solid story. As always, I hope that you've either already watched this show or plan to watch it at some point. The show is 16 years old, so I'm really not worried about spoiling anything, because, again, it's old and you could, you've had plenty of time to watch it, so not worried about that. There isn't a whole lot of stuff to spoil, since everything that happens is kind of uh, in dramatic irony in the fact that we know what's happening, but the anything that's kind of mysterious or anything like that is happening to the characters and not necessarily to us. We kind of know what's going on for most of the show, but for us as the viewer, there's not really a whole lot to spoil, because again, we see it all unfolding in-universe. So if it is Saturday when you're listening, I hope you have some comfy pants and maybe a snack or four. I mean, regardless of what day it is, I hope you have comfy pants and snacks, but you know, especially if it's Saturday. But no matter what day it is, I hope you're ready to go ghost and talk about Danny Phantom. Alright, let's head on down to Amity Park and spend some time with our favorite teen ghost. Alright, before we really get into this, I just want to say, I just looked at my script and realized that that last little part that I say where, you know, I hope you have comfy pants and whatever, I just realized that it says watching, and I don't know if that's something that's specific to the Danny Phantom script, or if that's something that's been in every script that I've written. So I really hope that every single intro of this podcast that I've done so far, I have not said, I hope you're watching the podcast, because that's not true. You're not, you're not watching anything, except for possibly the show that I'm suggesting that you go watch. So, oops, I really hope that uh, every intro is not like that, but from here on out, I will say listening and not watching, so I really hope that that's something that I just happened to notice in this one script, and that that's not how every script goes. So, oops. <laughs> so the theme song of this show gives us the background of what happened, but just in case you're totally unaware, Danny Fenton is the son of Jack and Maddie Fenton, two ghost hunters 
who uh, have like a lab in their basement. They built a portal into what they call the ghost zone in their lab, but when they did the first test run, nothing happened. So they got really discouraged and they just basically gave up. But Danny wanted to see what was going on. And actually later we learned that Sam is the one who convinced him to go in, but whatever, he was curious. So he went inside, uh, he put on a jumpsuit, he went in and he pushed the button that actually turns the portal on. Like Jack and Maddie just plugged it in, but they didn't bother to flick the switch. They're, Bless them. They're so smart, but also so stupid. Uh, so, so Danny accidentally pushes the switch that actually turns the ghost portal on. And when he was in there, it zapped him. And that's what gave him ghost powers. So now he has all the powers of a ghost, but he can also be a human when he wants to be or needs to be or whatever. The first few episodes slash a good portion of the very first season is us just getting to know the characters and for Danny to get a better sense at controlling his powers. But, okay, I'd like to throw this out there. He gets, throughout the entire show, he gets a much better uh, sense of controlling his powers and he even learns that he has some powers that he didn't know he had at first. Like the ghostly whale or whatever it is that he calls it. His, like, ghost voice where he screams and, like, stuff shatters everywhere. Alright, he gets better at controlling his powers, but clear through the end, I mean, even in the finale of the show, the kid, he does not dodge anything. Like, you can literally go intangible and fly through things, but God forbid, if an attack is coming at you, you just let it hit you. You don't go intangible and just let it phase through you. He does that, like, once or twice when somebody, like, throws something at him and it just goes right through. Like, I think in one of the very first episodes, somebody, like, throws a book at him and it just, like, goes through his torso. Like, you can do that on accident, but when somebody's actually coming at you with an attack, you just let it, you just let it hit you. You just let yourself get hurt. And that's, that's just a little bit of a nitpick from me because it's something that does not change as he grows and gets better at controlling his powers. He still just like lets things hit him and he could very easily go intangible. Y'all literally turn the entire earth intangible in the series finale, but God forbid that Danny dodge any sort of attack that comes at him. All right. So that was, that's my little side rant. I wanted to throw that in here somewhere, but I didn't have anywhere to like actually physically type it into the script. I just knew that at some point I would get worked up enough that I would be able to just spew that somewhere. So I'm just, just let that be known that that's a little bit of something that grinds my gears is the fact that Danny doesn't dodge anything. He just lets everything hit him. And he plays video games. Like, don't tell me that he doesn't know how to dodge things. He just, he, I don't know. If it's just, like, in the heat of the moment, you don't think about it, I guess. I, but, like, after a couple of times, you would think that he would just be like, oh, I can go intangible. I can, like, let whatever this is pass through me. But, nah, he just lets everything hit him. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Uh, the first few episodes is us getting to know Danny, him getting to know his powers, and it also kind of takes on a monster of the week kind of a thing. Because now that the ghost portal is on, ghosts are coming from the ghost zone into the real world. And again, Danny's parents are super smart, but also really stupid. So all this stuff is happening. Like, all these ghosts are, like, flying around in their house. Like, they're all coming from their portal that they made in their basement. And they're just like, mm, it's fine. It's, it's nothing. Also, several times throughout the show, they make, not so much actually in the later season, like in season three, but like a lot, it, uh, it, very early in season one, they make a bunch of ghost-catching 
uh, devices. They make, you know, the Fenton Thermos, and Jack makes the, whatever the fishing pole thing was called, and they're supposed to be able to catch ghosts, but then whenever it, like, they'll hold the radar thing or whatever over Danny, and it's like, ghost detected, and they're like, well, that can't be right. It's gotta be broken. So they just assume that they're idiots, that they don't know how to build anything, rather than saying, hey, yo, Danny, is there something that you need to tell us? Why are all of these things saying that you're a ghost? They're just like, "Mm, well, the machine must be broken. We're just idiots. All right, moving on. And they just, that's it. They just assume that everything that they make is broken. Like, they just assume they can't make any machines right. But but actually, every single machine that they make works. Everything that they make does its job, what it's supposed to be doing. They just refuse to believe the fact that Danny is half-ghost. And so they're just like, "Mm, well, everything we make is broken. So, whatever. Also, the plot in the show moves way faster than I remember it moving. I mean, I know it was only, it was three seasons, and every subsequent season has fewer episodes in it than the previous season, so I knew that it moved pretty quickly, but I didn't realize how quickly until this most recent rewatch that I did. Uh, Jazz learns that Danny has powers in season one. Like, I think within the first ten episodes, she figures out Danny's secret, and that she spends... I think, like, through, maybe, like, halfway through season two is when she and Danny finally, like, Jazz is like, oh, I've known for a long time. I just, I forgot how quickly this whole show moves. We meet Vlad way sooner than I remember meeting him. Like, I didn't think that we met him until season two, but we meet him, again, I think within the first, like, ten episodes of the series. So everything moves super, super fast. But again, it's only three seasons, so we've got to move a little bit quickly. During the first few episodes, uh, like, again, the first ten episodes of the series, we're introduced to pretty much all the characters that filter in and out through the rest of the show, villain or otherwise. We're introduced to Danny's friends, Tucker and Sam. Tucker being really nerdy, and Sam, his goth best friend, who has a huge crush on him, which they tease and play with through the entire series, but we don't actually get a resolution to that until the last ten minutes of the series finale. And... Ooh, it's lit. We talk about that later, so we're gonna we're gonna come full circle on that. But for right now, Sam and Danny for sure have feelings for each other, and they like hint at it. They'll like look at each other and blush, or like say something and then like look at each other and like you know that both of them have feelings for each other, but they're fourteen, so they're not gonna say anything. It's just it's a little bit frustrating, but also it's very cute because they're fourteen and. Mm. Not mm. I feel like that sounds... Hold on. I feel like that sounded real bad. Sorry. That's not... I did not mean that in the way that it probably sounded. I just mean that it's cute that they have feelings for each other, but they don't know how to say it. That's all that I mean. Not... Ew. Okay. We're gonna... We're moving on. Oh. Okay. Poe, are you good? Okay. I think he's in the litter box. All right. I just... The cat just, like, zoomed into... Hello? Is he in the litter box, or is he trying to get in my hamper? Let's... Hold on. He was doing neither of those things. He was just, like, in the laundry room, just, like, playing where he's not supposed to be. This is why I haven't been able to get anything done today, because every time I, like, sit down to get something done, I have to get up and go rescue the kitten because he's stuck somewhere. (laughs) He's so cute, but he's been a little bit of a handful, except for when he's sleeping. He's really cute when he's sleeping, but that's okay. Dash is the jock who bullies Danny Fenton, but he thinks that Danny Phantom is really cool, and Paulina is kind of the same way. Danny has a crush on her through, honestly, only through like halfway through season two, and then he's just kind of like meh, and then Paulina just like does not come back. She's like in, I feel like she's in the episode with Overgrowth, 
but then I think that's it. Like, I think Overgrowth, like, takes Paulina, and Danny's like, oh, crap. And then she's just gone. She doesn't appear for the rest of the show. That's fine. <laughs> but she, again, doesn't like Danny Fenton, but really likes Danny Phantom. And, yeah, whatever. And then Danny's parents and his older sister Jasmine, or Jazz, which is what they call her for most of the series, we're also introduced to a lot of ghosts that come back through the rest of the show. Skulker is a hunter. The box ghost, who is literally just the ghost of all boxes, he's fun, but he's never really a threat until late in the series when he opens Pandora's box. Just like, let me take the most dangerous box that's ever been created, and we're going to wreak havoc on everybody. And that again, the... The box ghost isn't really a threat. He's just kind of there for comic relief. Like, he comes in, and they just, like, they don't even fight him. They just He just, like, appears, and they immediately suck him into the Fenton thermos. Like, they're just like, we don't even have time to deal with you today, dude. We're not doing it. Uh, and then the only other villain that really comes back several times is Technus, who is the ghost of all things techie. There's a whole episode where he takes over a video game that uh, Tucker and Danny play together. It's very fun. I love that episode. What is the name of that episode? It's in season one... I think it's season one, episode 12. It's something about a teacher because it's Mr. Lancer. Any, I don't remember what that what the name of that episode is, and I don't have 45 seconds to just sit here and think really hard. So I think it's season one, episode 12. That's a really fun episode because they're playing... It, it takes place almost exclusively inside of a video game. It's very fun. Uh, we may see... Uh, some background, some ghosts, like, in the background when there's a lot of them. Like, there's uh, an episode where they're in the jail, and a lot of the ghosts that Danny has previously fought are all in the, like, mess hall of the jail. But for the most part, uh, Skulker, Technus, and the Box Ghost are the three that come back, at least the most frequently. Not necessarily the only ones that come back, but they're the ones that we see the most often. There are other ghosts that come back. Um, we see Youngblood a couple of times. I always want to call him Captain Kid for some reason. I don't. I never am able to get his name right. I always have to like Google what his name is, because I know it's not Captain Kid, but I can't remember what it is. Something. Uh, but he comes back a couple of different times. We see the Lunch Lady Ghost, who, again, I don't think she has a name. She just is the lunch lady ghost. She is the very first ghost that Danny fights in the series. And then she comes back a couple of different times. But the only time that she's really a threat is the very first time that we see her. And then uh, I know Ember comes back a couple of different times. And speaking of Ember, can we just talk about that song that she sings? Because it is super catchy. I love it so much. I found a full version on YouTube a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not sure that all of the lyrics in it are canon because I don't I don't think that she sings the whole song in universe. I think she just sings she just sings the chorus over and over again, which is enough for it to get stuck in your head. And like in the course of the show, there's not really a full song. It's just her singing that chorus over and over again. But I found a full version on YouTube and it makes sense for it to be canon, but again, I have no confirmation that it actually is. Also, I was reading the comments and I read that the song was about how Ember died as a teenager. The only real thing that I could find about this was on the Danny Phantom wiki page, and I'm still not sure if it's canon, but it does mention that she was really unpopular in high school and then she caught the attention of a boy and he never showed up to pick her up for a date or was late or something I don't, something happened and she took that to mean that he didn't want to be with her or whatever and then she got so depressed okay I've read two different things I've read that she got so depressed that she didn't wake up when her house caught on fire and she died that way and I've also read that she like committed suicide because she was so distraught over this boy and I don't again I don't know if either of those are canon if they are I don't know which one but 
she is one of the characters that's kind of not necessarily canonically accepted to be a real person at one point, but I think in the, like, fandom, I feel, me personally, and I don't know this to be true of the entire fandom, but I think that we accept her as ha having once been human and then, you know, like, dying. Like, she's one of the only ghosts that we see that we know to actually be human. And, again, I don't think that that's actually canon, but, uh, to, you know, in, in my opinion, in my way of thinking that story makes sense. It makes sense for her to have written that song that way if all of that had happened. But again, I don't, it's not, from what I've been able to find, that's not canon. I haven't, like, seen any interviews with Butch Hartman or anything like that where he has said anything of that nature to be true, but he would be the one who would know. Um, this is a good point to mention, since I just mentioned his name, this is a good point to mention that if you don't already follow uh, Butch Hartman on YouTube, make sure and go do that. He has done, he was the creator of the show, and he has done several videos on his personal YouTube channel where he talks about what the characters would look like uh, 10 years after the show ended, or what they would look like in college, and stuff like that. And he does, uh, like, actual character designs where he draws them, what they would look like now, and it's really cool. And he also did a video about a year ago, I just watched it the other night while I was typing this script, uh, where he talks about why the show ended and how the show ended, and, you know, like, I think he is also kind of disappointed that we didn't get a season four, but he didn't ever say anything where, like, he knew what the story would have been for season four, so I don't know... Maybe he also didn't plan for it to go past season three. But again, I don't know that for sure. That's just what I've heard from that video that he put out on his YouTube channel. So again, go follow him. Okay, so I did all that to talk about Ember and then to say that she is my favorite uh, villain that is fully ghost. And my favorite villain who is fully human, I think, is Freak Show. I think he is one of the only fully human villains in the show. Actually, I think he might be the only fully human villain in the show. Um, let me explain. The first time that he appears in the show, I don't know that it's obvious that he's human, but then we see him again in season two, and Jazz talks about ghost envy, and it's revealed that he is human. In fact, I think, yeah, yeah, that's what I just wrote. Mm -hmm. I think that he is the only human villain in the whole show. And that's part of why I like him. He's a fully human villain. Not like Vlad, who's half human, but also half ghost. And every other villain that Danny faces is full ghost. The argument could be made about Valerie also being a fully human villain, but I don't think that she is necessarily a villain. She's an antagonist to Danny Phantom, sure, but she's not evil. She's misguided because she had a bad experience with Danny Phantom. And then, you know, for the rest of the show, she's being coaxed by Vlad, who gave her the ghost hunting equipment, and he's, like, sending her off on all of these missions to go hunt all these ghosts and whatever. So I don't think that she... Like, she doesn't have malicious intent from the start. She had a bad experience with Danny, and then Vlad used that to turn her against all ghosts. I think... I think that maybe Danny, if Danny had showed her his, uh, like, if Danny had told her his secret, because there's a period of time through either the very beginning of season two or the very end of season one, I don't remember exactly when it happens, where Valerie and Danny actually kind of become friends. Uh, Danny Fenton and Valerie, not Danny Phantom, because, again, she doesn't like him. Uh, they become friends for a little bit, and they almost date, but they don't actually date. But I 
I want to believe that if Danny had told Valerie his secret, that she would have come around to his side and been like, oh, okay, yeah, Vlad is evil. We need to not accept any more gifts from him. We need to, like, I feel like maybe she would have made the right decision, but I don't, I don't know. I can't decide. So, I would like to hear from y'all what you think. Do you think that Valerie would have joined Danny? Or do you think that she would have, like, that would have been the thing to, like, push her over the edge and, like, hate both of Danny, like, his human side and his ghost side? Would that have pushed her over the edge? Or would she have come around? Or would Danny and the gang have been able to convince her that Vlad is evil? Would they have been able to convince her that she was on the wrong side of it? I would like to know what y'all think, because I can't decide. Honestly, for me, it's 50-50. She could have gone either way, but I don't know which way I feel more strongly about, so I would like to hear from you to see what you think. Also, I'm curious if anybody ships Valerie and Danny together, because for a little bit, I kind of did, but I'm still really glad that Danny and Sam ended up together in the end, so I would like to hear if you uh, ship them together, and also what your opinion is if... Valerie had learned Danny's secret because it's implied that at the end of the show she does learn his secret because at the very end uh we he like hold on at the very end of the show he like comes back from saving the earth and whatever and then uh Jazz says that she told Danny's parents everything and they know and then he like whatever he like unghosts whatever i don't know what that like transformation sequence is called but he like unghosts himself and everybody sees that he's human and theoretically valerie would have also been there and she would have seen but we don't get to see in the show what her reaction was so i don't i don't really know how i feel what her reaction would have been so i'm curious for y'all let me know what you think Okay, so the whole uh, villain versus antagonist thing. In my head, every villain is an antagonist by nature, but every antagonist is not necessarily a villain. And let me explain that a little bit. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Are y'all good? All right, cool. I gotta go rescue the cat again. All righty, we're back. Uh, okay, so let me start that all over. In my head, um, a villain is the an antagonist by nature but every antagonist is not necessarily a villain a villain is someone who is evil and has malicious intent the villain wants to rule or have power or money and they'll do anything that it takes to get them there antagonist to the hero in the story may not necessarily be evil but they may just be unaware of the full story in this case danny's parents are antagonists but they're not necessarily villains they don't know about danny's ghost half and he's often in danger because of them and their intentions but again they're not villains they just don't know they're not aware of the full story okay in the same way i think that valerie is an antagonist she's really mad at danny phantom for ruining her life and destroying her dad's career and that's understandable i guess later in the show she wants to destroy all ghosts but again that's because she's being manipulated by vlad she herself doesn't necessarily have malicious intentions and i don't think that she would have had vlad not gotten into her head i think she would have been content with taking down danny phantom and then maybe if danny had revealed his secret to her before vlad had gotten to her then she would have been like oh okay and then she would have figured out that like vlad was evil and whatever but i again i don't necessarily know that to be true i'm just spitballing uh, Freak Show, on the other hand, is for sure a villain. He uses his staff thing to control ghosts and get them to do all of his dirty work by robbing banks and jewelry stores and stuff. And then he uses his circus Gothica as his cover-up, saying that he made all this money running the circus. But meanwhile, you know, the ghost ghouls are out there robbing banks and 
uh, stealing jewelry and stuff, and then he's just like, hey, look at all this money I made. I'm so successful. And again, he's he's using ghosts to do all of that. I feel like I've reiterated that point several times, but I just I want to make it clear that that's why I believe that he's a villain. He's using people to get what he wants. He has malicious intent. All right. <laughs> this is kind of off topic, but I just realized that Freak Show kind of reminds me of Professor Screw Eyes from the movie We're Back. I exclusively refer to this movie as We're Back, full stop. But the full title of the movie is We're Back, A Dinosaur Story. Has anybody seen this movie? I feel like it's really underrated. I don't... I, I'm pretty sure that it's not a Disney movie. It, no, it can't be a Disney movie. So I have no idea what the production company is that, like, produced this movie. But it's a very good movie. It was made in 1993. I have it on VHS. I watch it at least twice a year. Like, once around Halloween, specifically because of Professor Screwwise. Because I am 24, almost 25, and he still freaks me out. He still bothers me. Okay, so... Swoop. Swooping back. So this movie is about dinosaurs who get smart by eating this special cereal, and then they travel to the future to be a living dinosaur exhibit at the Museum of Natural History in New York. It's very fun. It's one of those, um, it's all about the journey kind of movies. Uh, they get into a lot of uh, mishaps. Being dinosaurs walking through New York City, it's just, it's very strange. But they are able to cover for themselves because it is Thanksgiving. And y'all know that every year in New York, they have the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, so they're able to pass themselves off as being a float uh, of dinosaurs. It's very fun. They're just and there's like a musical number as they walk down the like street and then everybody freaks out because they're real dinosaurs, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Professor Screwwise. Go watch this movie. We're back, a dinosaur story. Made in nineteen ninety three. I don't think it's on any streaming services because I keep searching for it so I don't have to wear out my VHS copy, but I can't find it on a streaming service. Mm, that might be false. It might be on something. I just don't want to have to pay for it because I already own it. But, okay, whatever. Just search for this movie. Watch it. Watch it with your kids. It's very fun. It's a fun movie for the whole family. Except for Professor Screwwise, which is what we're talking about right now. Because Freak Show reminds me of Professor Screwwise. Okay? Here we go. I feel very ADD right now. I just drank several cups of coffee. We're very... We're having a lot of fun. <laughs> Okay, so the villain of this movie is Professor Screwwise, literally because he has a screw for an eye. It's it's kind of weird. It's very freaky thinking about how, don't think about it, how he would, like, get a screw to replace his eye. It's just, it's weird if you think about it, so don't think about it. Uh, okay, so he runs a circus very similar to uh, Freak Show's Circus Gothica. I don't remember what Professor Screwwise Circus is called, but it's basically the same thing, where people are paying him to be scared or creeped out or anything like that, and he uh, ends up, like, hiring the dinosaurs to work for him, and it's it's a whole thing, but that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about the plot of that movie. We're only talking about Screwwise. Focus. <laughs> I wrote a whole script, and I refuse to read it. This happens every podcast episode. I write out a whole script, and I'm like, ooh, yes, this looks really good, and then I don't follow the script. I just glance at it, and I'm like, that's where we're going, and I just, like, take it from there. That's why we write scripts. Just read the script. That's all I'm asking. Read the script. <laughs> Like I said, um, I was always really scared of Professor Screwwise when I was younger, and even now he still kind of creeps me out. But there is a scene towards the end where his brother whose name I do not remember, but he's like the opposite of Professor Screwwise. He's the good brother, he's the nice brother, he's the one that fed the dinosaurs the cereal. He offers his brother a second chance uh, to come with them, and like basically redemption. He's saying, hey, come with us if you want to. I Like, he's not going to force him. He's like, come with us if you want, and 
uh, Professor Screwwise is like, no, I'm not going to. And he's like, okay. And then he just like flies away in his spaceship. And then as his brother flies away, uh, Professor Screwwise says that when he's alone, he gets really afraid. And then his flock of crows like descend on him. And I have always assumed and continue to assume that they eat him. I, because then it, they like engulf him in crow. And then the only thing that's left when they all fly away is his like eye and it like emits this weird little green like it's like some some sort of dust and one of the crows like and he blows it out and then he just like takes the screw and flies away and that's all that's left of professor screw eyes and i can only assume that they eat him but he okay but that's what he's saying is that he is really afraid and he uses uh fear to control not to control other people but to feel powerful so he uses he uses the circus to make other people scared so that he feels less scared. Like, he has the upper hand over his fear. So, in the same way... Yeah, the, the more I keep thinking about it, Freak Show is very similar to Professor Screwwise. They both want to scare people to feel powerful, though they have slightly different motivations for doing so. Screwwise just wanted to scare people so that he doesn't personally feel afraid. Like, he... The same way that a bully... Like, you know, they teach you in elementary school, a bully only bullies you because they are also hurt... That's kind of the, like, the theme that Screwwise takes. He's just scaring people because he is scared. It's like a reciprocal thing. Um, but Freak Show wants to control ghosts to get rich. And so he uses them to also scare people. But his main motivation is just, like, money and power. It's not necessarily, like, he's not doing it because he's scared. But then we learn when we see Freak Show again, that the only reason, not the only reason, I mean, he probably still wants to be, like, rich and powerful and whatever, but one of the reasons that he started doing this is because his parents, very much like the Fentons, were uh, ghost hunters, and they were, like, obsessed with ghosts, and Freak Show, obviously, is not a ghost, so he was always trying to get their attention and make them see him for, you know, being their son, really, and so his backstory is kind of sad, like, he only, like, a lot of it, like, me, personally, I'm the kind of person who, once you, like, show me the backstory of why somebody became like this, I immediately start to feel bad for the villain of the story and that's not how villains are normally like you're supposed to you're supposed to not like the villain because we're the good guys and they're the bad guys but that's that's not normally how it goes i am a sucker for a great redemption arc freak show does not get one but let me tell you zuko excellent redemption arc i am a huge sucker for redemption arcs but i'm also the kind of person who like especially like i uh, I love a good redemption arc, but I also kind of get sick of seeing them in cartoons. Like there's there's a point where we can't redeem this character, and they've just got to they've just got to be whatever they are, and we just got to leave them alone. Okay, so yeah. Also, the second time that we see Freak Show, he's like literally becoming the Thanos of the like Danny Phantom universe. He's got the Reality Gauntlet, not the Infinity Gauntlet, the Reality Gauntlet, and he's using it to like morph the world into what he wants it to be. So he still needs to go down, but like we know his motivation, and he's it just it kind of makes me sad because he just wanted his parents to love him for what he was. I think my actual favorite episode is the Christmas special, and if you know me personally, you know that that is not a surprise. I love Christmas. I love everything about it. It's the best time of year. 
<laughs> but the Christmas episode takes place ex almost exclusively inside of a Christmas book, and everything rhymes, and that premise sounds really fun, but I watched this episode, like, this episode was right in the middle of, like, a, an extreme binge, because I watched this whole show over the course of, like, a weekend. Like, it was a long weekend, but it only took me, like, three days to finish this whole show. So, like, here I am, just, like, watching. It's, like, regular episode, then there's the Christmas special, and then there's, like, a series of several more regular episodes. And the Christmas episode, they speak almost exclusively in rhyme. So what I needed to do, and I need to, like, make myself a note for the next time that I watch this show, is, like, watch until the Christmas episode, and then pause for a couple of days, and then come back and pick it up. Because otherwise, it just really made my brain melt when they weren't speaking in rhyme for the rest of the show. Like, I think the very next episode is King Tuck, where Tucker, like, learns that he's, like, the reincarnation of, like, an ancient uh, Egyptian god or something. And, like, I it really messed with my brain that they didn't speak in rhyme for the entire... Of, the entirety of that episode. It just really messed with me. So... That is my uh, PSA to you. If you get to the Danny Phantom Christmas episode, watch it. Enjoy it. It's very fun. And then pause for like a day and let your brain just like process that not everything happens in rhyme. Maybe it's just my brain, but I would like to uh, extend this courtesy to you to take a break after the Christmas episode and like let your brain like just readjust to people speaking normally and not exclusively in rhyme. <laughs> so that's my PSA. <laughs> so Danny Phantom ended after three seasons with what I think is a pretty solid finale. I'll give you kind of the rundown of the finale. Um, again, I think it's pretty good. I think it capped off a lot of story arcs well, but also left it open for continuation. If anybody at Nickelodeon ever decided that they wanted to pick it back up again, um, it's been 13 years, so I doubt that's going to happen, but you never know. So the finale of Danny Phantom starts with uh, Vlad, who is Danny's parents, old college friend slash Danny's like arch enemy and Danny flying around in space which seems off brand for the rest of the show but it, it comes full circle. Vlad is studying, well not him but like his he sends a satellite out there and he his like AI that's on the satellite is studying an asteroid that is floating around in space and his AI discover that it's made of an element that is harmful to ghosts. It's called ectoranium and the his his like AI is the form of uh, Maddie Fenton who is like he was in love with her in, in college and then she married Jack and Vlad is just like mad and jealous and whatever. Okay, but that's important that the Maddies are fighting over who gets to tell Vlad about this asteroid. Okay, that's important for later on. So, all this is happening in the background, and then cue Vlad, and he's just been into the ghost zone fighting to get the Infimap, which is a map that shows every ghost portal in, that, like, naturally occurs in the real, the quote-unquote real world. It's It shows the location of every ghost and every naturally occurring ghost portal into the ghost zone. I feel like I'm going to say ghost a lot through the rest of this. <laughs> uh, okay, so Vlad steals the map and he plans to use it to take over the world somehow. I'm not really sure how he plans to do that, but you know, whatever. Um, so in typical hero fashion, Danny gets the map back from Vlad and they open up a portal and they fly away and they leave him stranded in space and he gets mad and starts firing his like ghost, like pew pew, his like beams of ghost energy just like wildly because he's mad and one of the beams hits his satellite and it explodes and pushes the asteroid into the orbit of the earth and then vlad sees this as an opportunity to you know he doesn't have the infamap anymore so he's like restructuring his entire evil plan here comes the kitten 
So, okay, remember when I said the Maddies were fighting over who to tell Vlad about the asteroid? Well, neither of them got to tell him that it's made of an element that's harmful to ghosts, and that's a big deal later on. <laughs> this is the point where um, you may or may not hear purring in the background. I am currently holding the kitten, so I'm just letting you know you might hear him in the background. <laughs> Uh, okay, I should probably mention that at this point in the series, Vlad has been elected the mayor of Amity Park. This happened early in season three, but it's important information for the finale of the show. When they all get back to town, a new trio of ghost fighters appears, and they take down Technus and introduce themselves as Masters Blasters. The newest teen ghost fighting team... Uh, Vlad hired them to make Danny look bad, and it works. Every time Danny Phantom tries to take down a ghost, Master's Blasters swoop in, and they defeat the ghost before Danny even has a chance. Also, every time that Danny goes to fight a ghost, he, like, <laughs> he, uh, he gets blasted, and they, like, there's a picture of him in the newspaper the next day of, like, just him in his underwear, which has got to be, like, that's gotta be, like, an instance of, like, child porn, right? Just, like, taking pictures of kids in their underwear and putting it in the paper? That seems sketch. That's something I didn't think about until just now, so, oop. <laughs> so, after a while, Danny gets fed up with having to try to compete with Master's Blasters, and he decides that it would be better if he didn't have his ghost powers anymore. He's had this thought before, and actually, he, uh, he, like... He splits his ghost half from his human half at one point, and it was real weird, because his ghost half was, like super heroic superman like boisterous like let's save the universe and then his human half was like dude and like just real like derpy i don't know but it, it was weird but he ended up bringing himself back together and he was like okay that was a really stupid idea but here we are again in the series finale and he's like maybe it would be better if i didn't have my ghost powers because he's like he's sick of trying to compete with master's blasters and he's just he's done with the whole thing and right as he is you know he's He's toying with the idea of getting rid of his ghost powers, and everybody's trying to talk him out of it. And right then, Master's Blasters come, like, busting into their house, and he they arrest Danny's parents for harboring a ghost. And this is the last straw for Danny. So he runs down into the lab, and he turns off the portal, he steps into it, and it zaps him, and it, like, undoes everything that it did at the beginning of the show, where it gave him powers. Now it took them away. He wakes up on the floor of the lab. Sam asks him how he feels, and he says, human. The blasters come into the lab, and they scan for ghost activity, and they don't find anything, so Danny must really be totally human. But whatever happened to him doesn't seem to have totally taken his ghost powers away, uh, but I'm not really sure how that works. But when the portal zapped him, it showed the ghost stuff, like, peel away from his DNA, but his hair still has a gray streak in it, so I, I don't really know what that means, like, in terms of, like, what his DNA looks like. I don't really know. I don't know what that means. After the blasters leave, everybody tells Danny that if this is what he really wants, then they'll be supportive, but they're all kind of bummed that he made this decision just, like, seemingly so quickly. Like, he was, like, one minute he was like, oh, you know, I wonder if it would be better, and then all of a sudden he was like, yes, it would be better if I didn't have my powers anymore, and everybody's like, okay, I guess. Sam seems to be the most disappointed in him personally because she liked the idea that they were making a difference and catching bad guys and doing cool stuff together, and now Danny's just kind of a normal kid. Tucker mentions that they'll have to find other stuff to occupy their time, and he mentions that there's a new video game out, and he says it's really cool. You hunt ghosts and stuff. And then he just kind of walks away, also really sad and disappointed. And Jazz says that she feels like she lost a friend. Everybody seems upset, but like they're willing to support Danny if this is what he really wants. Then we get a montage of all of Danny's past foes coming back, and every time a new threat appears, Tucker and Sam get really excited, and they like look at Danny, and he's just like, well... Uh, Master's Blasters are going to handle it because I don't have ghost powers anymore. Eventually, Master's Blasters, I need to call them something else. Um, the Blasters 
MB, Vlad's Goons, something. I, I'm just tired of saying Masters Blasters. They have to start charging a fee whenever they hunt ghosts down because Vlad says that good ghost hunting is... Um, good ghost hunting is... Car <laughs> they have to start charging a fee whenever they hunt ghosts because Vlad says that good ghost hunting is hard to come by ever since Danny Phantom decided to skip town. Danny, Tucker, and Sam see the news report about all of this, and Sam gets fed up and storms out. Danny follows her, and she explains to him that she liked hunting ghosts, and doesn't he care about the town? And Danny says, of course that he cares, but he cares about her and Tucker more. And she says that she'll always be his friend and always have his back, but she can't sit behind, sit on the sidelines and do nothing. And she doesn't think that he can either. After that conversation, and then failing to save Dash from a ghost... Danny decides that maybe his friends were right, and maybe his ghost powers were a good thing. He goes into the lab, and he steps into the portal, and he says, I'm going ghost, and then it just echoes. And that scene really hits me. I don't know. It's like he made a choice in the moment that he really thought was the right thing, and now he realizes that he was wrong, and there's nothing he can do or say that'll fix it. He just has to live with it, because when he, when he took his ghost powers away, the portal exploded with him like it just it, it's it's done it's there's no way that they're going to get it up and running so while all of this is happening on earth that asteroid is moving closer satellites pick it up and scientists estimate that there's one week until it makes contact countries come together and send rockets to try to destroy it but nothing works so vlad funds a mission through fenton works and sends jack and the blasters to destroy the asteroid and it works they blow up the asteroid and everybody cheers and we're having a good time and then the actual asteroid that they were supposed to blow up uh, zooms past the ship so oops uh vlad punched in the coordinates and of course he did it wrong because this is all part of his plan Danny figures out that this was Vlad's plan all along, to get rid of Danny Phantom and to endanger the world so that he could ultimately save it. Vlad calls a meeting at City Hall, and he says that he can save the Earth. He reveals himself to be Vlad Plasmius and says that he can make the asteroid intangible and let it phase through the Earth, but only if every country in the world agrees to make him supreme ruler of the Earth. Um, it doesn't seem like they really have a choice, so they agree. Also, they have to pay him $500 billion, which seems really unnecessary, because, one, he's already rich, and two, if he was the supreme ruler of the Earth, he wouldn't even need all that money anyway, but whatever. He's a villain, and money and power are his motivations. So the whole world agrees, and Vlad takes Jack with him to fly and make the asteroid intangible. Vlad curses Jack for doing all of this to him, and Jack admits that he never wanted any of this to happen, that he always just wanted to be his friend. Um, naive as he may be, you can't tell me that Jack Fenton is not a loyal friend, and I'll, I'll give him that. Bless Jack. Vlad flies out to the asteroid, and whoops, he can't touch it, because it's made of that ectoranium stuff, beca and because, you know, his AIs never got to tell him that that's what it was, so whoops. So now the Earth is actually doomed, and Vlad can't go back because he failed to save everybody, and he's revealed his secret to the world, so now he can't hide anywhere. He turns to Jack, his good friend, and asks for help. Um, oh, hello? He turns to Jack, his good friend, to ask for help, and Jack says, yeet, and he just leaves him in space. Um, actually, the actual dialogue is uh, Vlad saying, you wouldn't turn your back on an old friend, would you? And then Jack says, an old friend? No. But you? Yes. And then he turns the ship around and he heads back to Earth. Yes. Boundaries. Good for Jack. We, yes, we appreciate that. <laughs> 
back on Earth, Danny has an idea. If they can't make the asteroid intangible, they'll just have to make the Earth intangible. A much more difficult task. Tucker points out that you need, like, a bazillion ghosts to do that, and Danny pulls out the Infimap, a.k.a. the addresses of a bazillion ghosts, and also the locations of every naturally occurring ghost portal on the Earth. They load up in the Spectre Speeder and head into the ghost zone to gather some allies. So, since the Earth is about to be destroyed, all the ghosts that were living there have to run back into the ghost zone to hide out. But Tucker points out that the ghost zone ghost zone is just the flip side of the Earth, and if the Earth goes down, the ghost zone goes with it. So, Danny makes everybody get into the escape pod while he tries to reason with the ghost, but mostly Skulker, because he's like the leader of- this is one of those instances where it's like Skulker, and then like a horde of nondescript green ghost figures. It's not any of the like specific characters that we've ever seen before, it's just miscellaneous ghosts. Um, so he's mainly trying to reason with Skulker, thinking that if he can get through to him, then he can convince all the other ghosts to help them out. Um, and all the ghosts start shooting at Danny and the Spectre Speeder, and it blows up, and now all their ghost power is concentrated on him, and somehow that reactivates whatever ghost energy was left in his DNA. Again, not really sure how that works, but whatever, Danny Phantom is back. And it's, it's kind of a cool moment, because he, like, I don't know, it's just, it's fun. They escape the ghost zone and they head back to town to deliver a message. Danny Phantom explains his plan to turn the entire Earth intangible. It's going to take everybody all over the world working together to get this done with what little time they have before the asteroid hits. Tucker explains to everybody that they're uh, how they're going to get it done, and he is to be the head of the construction team. Basically, they're building a giant tower on one of the poles. I don't know if it's north or south or if that really makes a difference. And they're using a bunch of ghosts and a set of cables, and they're going to transfer the power of the intangibility across the globe through these cables. So, uh, you know, in, in cartoon theory, that works, yes. With everybody working on getting the device set up, Danny goes into the ghost zone to try to get some ghosts to help them. Jazz hugs him and wishes him good luck and leaves him alone with Sam, who gives him back the ring that Danny asked her to hold on to. Um, I suddenly can't remember when that happens, but it was it was a while ago. Like, it's if you've watched the full series, it's been a hot minute since she gave him, he gave her that ring and asked her to hold on to it. Um, and this makes me happy for several reasons. One, she actually held on to the ring like he asked her to, and that bless good friend uh two she has obviously been looking at it because she sees that it's her name carved into the ring and then three she gave it back to him and says to take it with him but to promise to come back and my heart cannot handle this it's too cute um Danny says that when all of this is over, if they survive this, and Sam cuts him off and says when they survive this, uh, Danny has some stuff that he needs to talk to Sam about. And right before Danny goes off, Sam says that no matter what happens, she wouldn't change any of what they've been through together. Not one bit. And it's just, uh, it's, it's an emotionally charged scene. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, she leans in and kisses Danny on the cheek, and then he pulls her in for one of the most satisfying kisses in any cartoon ever. We waited th until the last ten minutes of the series finale to finally see this kiss happen and it was so worth it in my opinion this kiss is only second to the final scene in uh, Avatar The Last Airbender when Aang and Katara finally kiss after they save the world we waited so long for both of these moments and they both happen within the last several minutes of the series finale not the season finale the series finale the very end this is it this is the canonical end of the series we waited so long for these kisses and it was so worth it so Danny goes into the ghost zone, and after a few setbacks, he manages to convince the ghost to help him, and just in time. They fly up to the tower, and they manage to turn off 
turn off. Nope, they managed to turn the whole Earth intangible. They did it. The Earth is saved, and now everybody knows who Danny really is, because there was a brief moment where it didn't look like the ghosts were going to make it in time, and in the panic and chaos, Jazz told their parents about Danny's secret. So, flash forward an undisclosed amount of time. I have no idea how long it is. It could be weeks, it could be months, it could be a year. I really have no idea. Um, and Tucker is the youngest mayor to ever be elected in Amity Park. Uh, I don't actually know that he was elected. He just says, as the youngest mayor uh, to Amity Park or something of that nature. I, I, yeah, he's he's a young mayor. That's the, <laughs> that's the point. Um, they unveil a Danny Phantom statue, and then we cut to Danny and Sam sitting on a hilltop watching everything. Danny gives Sam the ring back, and they fly off together into presumably their future. And that is the end of season three, and also the end of Danny Phantom. And it was uh, it was again, in my opinion, it was a really good finale. I wish that we had gotten a season four, and if we had, I think we may have seen a redemption arc for Vlad, and this is one of the things where, like, I'm not against that. I love a good redemption arc, but I also don't really know how that would have happened. But I think season three ended everything really well. The villain is defeated. Everybody knows Danny's secret, so he's free to be whoever he wants, whenever he needs to be, and Danny and Sam are together. One thing that I wish that we had seen was how Valerie reacted to knowing his secret, but, you know, oh well. Because, again, I mentioned that earlier, where I didn't, I don't really know what her reaction would have been, but I would have liked to have seen it. But, you know, whatever. Beggars can't be choosers. So that's all I had for this week. Danny Phantom is one of my all-time favorite cartoons. It continues to be something that I watch over and over again. Um, it happens to be on Hulu right now, so it's very convenient for streaming, but I also own the DVD box set, so I can just watch it whenever I want. Um, is Danny Phantom something that you watched when you were a kid? And if it was, I would love to know who your favorite villain was or what your favorite episode was or just anything in general that you enjoyed about Danny Phantom or any of the, the cartoons that we cover here on the podcast. Be sure to head over to Twitter and follow at Kelby underscore cartoons and make sure to listen next week when we discuss the ultimate Nickelodeon classic, Spongebob. Until then, happy Saturday or, you know, whatever day it is. Happy whatever and stay safe. <laughs>